Well, we are, like I said, at the end of the series. It has been seven weeks and we've been talking about how to overcome life's storms. Now, of course, we have gone starting with disaster because uh, it was a year ago that there was disaster. And guess what? We lived. How did we do it? We talked about it. But there were other storms that we faced, such as financial problems, divorce, that's a big, big one, sickness, when chronic illness hits, injustice, uh, what do we do with those? You know, God helps us overcome the storms of life. I hope you've seen this. Even those who were heavy topics, and every single one of them, isn't there a powerful quote? Not just to survive well, but to overcome these things. But God is in these, and he helps us overcome. But there's another storm that we all face. It's not one that misses anybody, and it's death. And uh, what do we do with that? And I said, it's the second most feared thing in, of most people. Very consistent. People like fear public speaking for whatever reason. I don't want to say that one. But yeah. <laughs> and then spiders. I totally get that one too. But that, uh, why? Well, it's this great unknown. It's this thing that happens. It's a separation. It's something that, that would be terrifying if we didn't have a hope. And the thing is, is that death comes for all of us. And it's not just that we ourselves face our own death, but we also face death of people around us that we love, the people that we care for, people that we know. How do we handle death when it comes into our life? Is there a way beyond us? Can God help us overcome even that? Of course, the answer is yes, although I believe in preaching on it. Now, <laughs> quite honest. Now, here's the thing. I could have preached on the resurrection. That's the most easy one, right? That doesn't look the mainstream. But, you know, Jesus overcame death. He did, himself. He rose from the grave. And we'll talk about that, actually, in, in the next week. But, but I chose a different story instead to talk about how did Jesus, how did God handle death? Not just his own, but the death of somebody he knew and loved. And because in that, as I scoured the scriptures, and I looked at all the different ways, you know, how do we overcome these things? I looked at Old Testament stuff, and I looked at Jesus' life, particularly, and I said, all right, where is the power to overcome death? Where do I see this? Obviously, the resurrection is how he did it, and that's what gives us hope for these other things. But how did God handle death? Because most of us don't raise ourselves, right? That doesn't happen. But we all face death, and we all face grieving over death. And I got to the story of, of Lazarus, and I see in it this, this powerful picture. And, and not only that, this, this incredible instructive story of how God, how Jesus, shows us how we ourselves can handle death, can, can weather that storm and find victory in this So let's we'll talk about Lazarus. I, I got a different picture. This was uh, because of Halloween. I thought it was kind of a cool picture. <laughs> hey, Lazarus, go trick or treating. <laughs> already dressed up. Yeah, you know, like a mummy style. So here's the story of Lazarus. Lazarus and Jesus' buddy. They were close. Now he was a disciple, which is interesting. That, like one of the twelve, the apostles, but he was he was a follower of Jesus. His sisters, Mary and Martha, were, were supportive of Jesus. And they lived in this little tiny village uh, that was just outside, about two miles outside of Jerusalem. Right? So when Jesus would come to Jerusalem, chances are he would stop and get to stay with them and things like this. Now, you got to think about how cool the guy Lazarus was to have one of his best buddies be Jesus. 
right? And that Jesus, who had all these people around him, and chose to have Lazarus as a good friend. Right? This was a, this was a pretty neat guy. Well, they live in this little village, and you know what it's like in a little village. Everybody knows everybody. Go look it up online. You can take a look on, online and see the pictures, and you'll see it's just like a little tiny town. It's there, right? And, and so, you know, this is a, a family that was well-known, well-loved, and, and so... There were some special events that took place in Jesus' life right outside of Bethany. It's actually where Jesus had his home base uh, during his last week um, before he was crucified. So it's a special place for him. Well, this is near the end of Jesus' ministry. Jesus had gone around for three years and preached the good news, told people about why he came, made disciples, did all kinds of miracles. Uh, Mary and Martha, Lazarus, of course, saw some of these things, believed. Indian, knew who Jesus truly was, and uh, which was really great. And Jesus was now making his way back to Jerusalem. Even though everyone said, you don't want to go there to Jerusalem, Jesus said, yes, I do. I'm going to go there. So he's making his way back, and on his way, he does some really fantastic miracles, one of which, he heals a man who was born blind. That didn't bark the man. It was a phenomenal miracle, because up until that point, no one had ever healed somebody who was born blind. You had people who were healed that could see earlier on in life, and then became blind. But to heal something, not even the prophets in the Old Testament, no one healed a man born blind. What is big news? And so, showing that Jesus has power, even above prophets. Now Jesus is out there, and he's, he's, he's coming in Jerusalem, he's close to, to Bethany, close to the hometown of his good buddy, Lazarus, and he's on his way, in, and Lazarus gets sick. And he gets really sick, like scary sick. And I'm sure Mary and Martha were thinking, well, Luke, this is good timing to get sick, if they're good timing, because Jesus is on his way, right? And so we'll just call ahead and tell him that you're sick, and then he can come and heal you. Like he's healed all kinds of people. Of course he's going to heal you. He's your buddy, right? And so they send messengers out, and they say, hey, can you come a little quicker, because Lazarus is really sick. He could die. And the strange thing is, Jesus got those and says, because he loved them, he didn't go. So he loved Lazarus, he loved Mary, he loved Martha a whole bunch, but he decided to, to put brakes on, on his travel for a few days. And he specifically didn't go. And Lazarus dies. And a couple days later, Jesus tells the disciples, hey, it's time to, to go in Bethany because Lazarus is asleep. And they're like, well, he's sick. Well, they're good that he's asleep. Maybe we wake him up. Jesus is like, no, um, he's dead, right? And they're like, oh. So they walk in to Bethany, and what happens? Well, Mary and Martha see Jesus coming, and they run up to him. Martha's like, hey, Jesus, if you had only come, he wouldn't be dead. And have you ever had a time in your life where there was somebody that you loved, deeply loved, you prayed for them to get better, and they didn't get better, and they died. And you wondered, did God not care? And you said, God, you were just here. <laughs> well, remember that case? You know, Mary and Martha, you know, Martha both died, but she was brave. And Jesus saw where she was, and Jesus says to her, You know what? I am the resurrection of life. And anyone who believes in me will live, even though they die. And anyone who lives by believing, he will never die. 
And he asked that powerful question to Jesus. And the most remarkable thing is Martha said, Yes, Lord. Why is that remarkable? Because her brother, Lazarus, who believed in Jesus, where was he? Stinking up his head? That's where he was. He believed. Was he alive? It's important to realize that Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. It's a powerful thing. See, Mary and Martha had seen enough of Jesus and knew who he was enough to say, though my brother is dead now, we're going to trust him. Now, they didn't know Jesus was going to raise him from the dead. In fact, you'll see that Jesus said, I want to see him roll away the tomb. They're like, you don't want to go in there. He's thinking, right? You don't say that if you think that he's going to raise him from the dead. They just knew that he was going to get raised again in the end, right? Which is true. It's powerful. Jesus had a different plan. And so he says to them, hey, where, where's your brother? Where's he there? And they do say, you don't want to go there. But he does. And uh, he shows up and he sees the family crying, just mourning. There's a little community out there, right? Because it's a small town, and everybody loved Lazarus. He was a cool dude. And Jesus sees his, the tomb of his friend, and he sees all of this, and, and he weeps. And a beautiful two-word verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And it wasn't that he didn't have power over them, but death is, is the curse comes for us all to separation with sadness. And he wept so much that the Jews who were there saw Jesus. It wasn't just like he had little tears. He wept. And the Jews who were there said, look how much he loved them. Look how much he loved them. They were touched by it. But then Jesus dried his eyes off. He says, alright. Open the tears. And they do. Goes in, he calls in, and Lazarus, get up! And his friend gets up. Which is amazing, right? And he walks out, and people are like, this is so cool! And Lazarus goes to shower, because with you, right? And he cleans up. And then, what does he have? People hear about this. Because if you see a dead guy, everybody knows he's dead. And then somebody comes and raises him, and the whole town is there. That makes news. And everybody's talking about it. And as they talk about it, they're like, Jesus has power over death itself. And here's the man to prove it. You can talk to him. It wasn't just like a story of a story of somebody. You can walk up and laugh. Hey, were you dead? Yeah, I was, but I'm not even like, What? That was amazing. And he was right outside of Jerusalem. And you think people from Jerusalem would want to go and see Lazarus? You better believe they did. And what happened is people started talking about this, and, and the word spread so rapidly that the, that the powers that be this, in, in Jerusalem, they became threatened because they heard that Jesus could raise a person from the dead. And people started believing in him and following him, saying, wow, he's more than a man. And then, of course, those that were in power were threatened by this, and they said, you have to kill him. Because what do you do with a guy who can raise people from the dead? You kill him. And that's what they did. And so the truth of the resurrection of Lazarus was one of the reasons why Jesus was crucified. It was a powerful, powerful thing. But this story gives us a lot of hope, and it gives us some direction how do we face death ourselves. Because we all do. And so here's some things that I found in Scripture that help us. The first one is this. Accept our mortality. Okay? Jesus accepts 
mortality. In fact, look at this inscription. That's pretty interesting. And I hinted to it before. It says, his buddy's sick, right? He's still a distance. He's still a ways away. And this is what it says. Now, Jesus told, uh, loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. Uh, loved her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Excuse me. That's a powerful phrase. Have you ever loved somebody that you saw that they were dying, and you prayed for them to get better, and they didn't, and they died? Have you ever wondered, if you were in that place, did God love me? Did God love that person, or did he just abandon us? Like, how could God let that good person die? But look at this. Jesus loved them. He loved Mark. He loved Mary. He loved Lazarus, and therefore he didn't go. He let Lazarus die. That, on the surface, could seem very cold hearted. But look at this, what he was showing. Lazarus isn't alive right now. He is. He's in heaven. He's got a brand new body and all that. But he's not alive in the body of this earth. Right? Because Jesus rose up from the dead, and years later, Lazarus, his body wears out. It happens to all of our bodies. Right? Jesus didn't raise Lazarus for eternal life in this world. Lazarus was pretty happy about that. Right? He, he rose him again, and he showed that he had power over death. So here's a powerful thing. If Jesus just went when Mary and Martha went down there and just healed Lazarus, you know, you know, they pulled some strings, and God comes down and heals their body, what would happen later on in Lazarus' life when he faces death again? Well, he would be afraid. Because there wasn't Jesus right now to come and heal him. What is he going to do? And for the rest of us, what would we do in our life when we face death? Because we all die. The question is, is God here? Does he love us? So when Jesus, he didn't go because mortality is just part of this physical existence. This is a cursed world. It's not going to last forever. He was showing Lazarus there is something bigger than this. He was giving him a hope that was more enduring. So when Lazarus died that second time, I'm sure there wasn't a whole lot of fear. And he saw Jesus raise again, but he also walked through death once and he recognized that, that death was not the privilege, but the absence of God's love. How powerful is that? That the creator of life, the very word of life, can say, it's alright, it's okay to let death happen. It's okay to die. It is. And the reason is, it comes out later in the story, right? That we overcome death. But for us, we need to recognize that it's okay to embrace our own mortality and the immortality of those around us. We spend billions of dollars every year, just as Americans, trying to cling to these bodies. It's not a bad thing, but it's a fruitless pursuit, ultimately. Right? I mean, you can eat really healthy and exercise every single day, right? And you're still going to die. You die healthier. But survive, right? All the doctors, all the medicine, all that stuff. It can prolong life, but it can't give us eternal life. There has to be something else. And, and, and the thing is, we don't have to fear the death when it comes. And when death happens, we don't have to question God and his love. Is God still here? Does he love him? His buddy was sick. And because he loved him, he didn't go because there was a bigger thing. He said, you know what, it's okay to be more. Right? God's bigger than that. Now, second thing we see is that we grieve death. Right? And here's, that, here's that verse that we like to see. Uh, 
when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, this is Martha, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you laid me at? Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. And the Jews said, See how he loved her. See, it's okay to grieve. God grieved the death of his heart. It's not a sign of weakness, and it's not a sign of lack of hope. You think Jesus had faith in his ability to raise his friend? It's okay to grieve. And grief is, it, it's there. It's not that we're grieving for the person that passed away, right? If they're in Christ, they're much better. We grieve for the loss of relationship today. But when they die, there is a void that used to be there. There's a person that used to be able to talk to, and now you can't. And that's hard. And it's okay to have that trouble in you and to cry. It's not a weakness of hope. You have to go to that point where where you can be sad about it, angry about it, and, and work out the weird thing. If you talk to somebody who walked with them through grief, they don't make a whole lot of sense. They're all over the map. Their emotions. Like they'll be talking all of a sudden, they'll be sobbing, right? And then they'll cry all of a sudden. They might be laughing because of something silly that they thought of about that person in their mind. They'll be happy and they'll be sad again. Then they'll get angry. And, and eventually they work their way through until there is at least a peace with what happens. That's okay. If Jesus himself should grieve death, how much more should we? So we need to grieve it. And allow people around us to have the dignity to grieve death. It's okay to, if somebody has had a loved one that passed away, let them grieve. Sit beside them. Let them cry. Hear their stories. Laugh with them. Talk with them. The worst thing you can do when somebody dies is not talk about the person that died. Right? Because you don't want to talk, go there. The most healing thing you can do is talk about them. With them. It's important to do. But also, how about those who are in the process of dying themselves, who know that they are dying? Are we giving them the dignity of grieving their own death, too? They don't have to be afraid. There is hope for them. They know where they're going. But oftentimes they don't want to say goodbye to their friends and family and things. But oftentimes when we're faced with, with those who are terminally ill that we know, the last thing we want to do is talk about their death. They know it. We know it. Talk about it. Bring it together. It's a way of love. And look at the end of it. So see how we love you. It's an expression of love. Grief is, is power. It's freeing. Now, we don't stay in grief, though. Here's really cool news. The reason that we can, can embrace our own mortality and the mortality of others, and the reason that we can grieve is because there's hope at the end. We can trust Jesus. And this is our memory verse, obviously, for today. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection line. He is. There's an answer to the biggest fear of all people. Hallelujah. Right? Death comes for us all, but it doesn't keep us all. Look what Jesus said. Anyone who believes in me will live. Look how broad that statement is. Anyone. Anyone who believes. Well, what about if, if you're not the perfect person? Welcome to humanity. If you are anyone, if you believe in him, you're going to live. Like or not, you're going to be alive. A pretty awesome one. What if you're crossing the street and a truck hits you and right before it hits you, you say a bad cuss word? Do you believe in Jesus? Right? The fear that we have facing death, God is, he's not like, I'll take most people if you're good enough. As long as you are better than most, I'll take you. No, anyone. Anyone who believes in you, but that's a powerful thing. Who believes in you. The gift is for us. But we have to receive it. He says we have to trust him. 
Which is why Jesus, when he goes to Samaria, he's addressing her deepest need. Do you believe this man? You see, there is no other person, there is no other name, there is no other doctor, there is no other religious state, there is no one who can overcome death like Jesus. Right? He overcame death. Right? He raised again, he raised people to life. And he said, if you trust me, if you believe in me, I'll raise you free. Now that's how. That's hope. Right? That's, that's what we have to get to. Because when we face death and we grieve it, we can't lose, we can't lose sight of the hope, the trust that we have in Christ. He will raise us free. But when we do this, this is the power that we have to share that with. Look what happened. Here's the passage. It says, Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did put their faith in You see, we have a hope, a living hope, a powerful hope that answers one of the greatest fears. It actually answers every single storm of life here, doesn't it? Have you noticed in this, this series, it keeps coming back to Jesus, trusting him? Every storm of life can be answered in Christ, including death. He overcame it, he overcame it for himself, he came for his friend, and he will overcome it in you too. You overcome it. Anyone who believes in him will live again. You're going to die. That's pretty powerful. What do you do with that? Well, we can't just keep it to ourselves. There, there is a hope, a joy that we have. It's, it, it's just a natural thing. When, when the Jews saw Lazarus raised, that's pretty convincing proof. But you know what? We have a resurrection life in us as well. We have a hope that's unquestionable. We pray for the persecuted church. We pray for their ministry. We pray we don't want them to suffer, obviously. But if they do, God's doing something powerful. And we don't have to weep for them. It says, then they get to grow hearty. Because God's making them incredibly rich. Why? We've got a better hope. The things of this world that terrify so many don't terrify us anymore. And this is a powerful hope. And we need to share it. Because there are so many in this world that are paralyzed by fear. They spend their lives, their savings, their entire energies trying to cling to a body that will never last. But we have the truth of how to hold on to an everlasting God. To have life everlasting. That's good news. That's why the gospel is called good news. Well, the great of this mess, Joshua, this whole uh, series to a close, we look at how Jesus says, Jesus says, how do we overcome death? And it's really, I overcome most of every storm of life. We're going to accept the mortality. Accept it. We're going to die. It's okay. Don't freak out. That's one. Grieve it. If it happens, grieve it. It's okay to cry. And let others do the same. Also, trust Jesus. Hold on to that truth of Christ. Don't let go of that. Just because you die or those that you love die doesn't mean that he's far off. He loves you. And he's going to raise you. Share that hope. Live that hope. It's not just the thing that you converted to. We talk about on Sundays. It's that hope which drives you and gives you purpose. Share it. That is good news that the world needs to hear. And when they hear, they will find life themselves. How cool is all right, while the worship team come up, and as they do, I want you to pick out your memory for the memory of the Three connection cards. You say, yeah, what do I do with this? This is some, that's some heavy stuff. How do I apply that to my life? Because maybe you're not dealing with death right now. Maybe you are. But how do you, how do you take this truth and apply it? 
Where's the first thing I, I would suggest? Why don't you memorize John 11, 25, 26? Right? We already started it already. But why? Why memorize that? Because the answer is from the deepest fears. What about that? Is there hope? And Jesus himself, it wasn't just somebody writing about Jesus. It wasn't somebody saying, hey, trust, this is the words of Jesus himself. I am the resurrection and the life. That's powerful. That anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing me will never die. And my question is, do I believe it? When death comes, whether it's somebody that you love or even for yourself, this scripture can be power and anchor for your spirit. To know that death is not a separation between us and God. If anything, it is the veil that we walk through until we see him face to face. Even here. That God is more powerful than death. He is an enemy, but it's and there was a day that death died, and that was on the resurrection. Powerful man. This verse is that truth, that power holds it. So when death comes, you can cling to that truth and know that God is there. Maybe something else. Let me read the Gospel of John. Why? Why the Gospel of John? Because John was one of Jesus' closest uh, disciples. In fact, the Gospel of John, John doesn't even call himself by name. He says he's the disciple that Jesus loved, right? How cool is that? John lived with Jesus. He was there, saw all the miracles, saw everything that Jesus did, suffered for him afterwards, right? But was so enamored by what he saw and found, he writes this book on it. And back then, that was not an easy thing to do. The papyrus was expensive and ink and all that kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit said, no, you're going to write something. I'm inspired. You're going to write it. You're going to tell your story of what you saw. If you don't want to take somebody else's word for who Jesus is, right? You want to say, you want to go back to understand it. Who does Jesus say he is? Who is one of these guys that lived with him? What are the things that he sees Jesus do himself? Read this gospel. You will see the power of God. You will see the hope of Christ. You will see the amazing truth that God came to earth, put on flesh, died for us, Read this gospel. Powerful. How about this? Maybe pray for opportunities to share the good news with Jesus. Why pray for it? You know what we're called to do in church? We're called to saturate this mountain valley with the good news of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. I mean, that's what we're all about. And how do we do that? We, we be disciples of Jesus. That build disciples of Jesus. That's how we do it. Well, part of this is we have a testimony. It's your story about God gave you hope so you don't have to fear death. But you know what? You need to work with the Holy Spirit and ask Him for opportunities to share that. He'll set it up, man. He'll line it up. But pray for God, give me an opportunity to share the good news, the hope of Christ. Help me have the timing, the words, everything that I need so that way I can share this good news that I have with others. Because we're never going to saturate the mountain valley with the good news of Jesus and we just need to do And what a shame to keep this thing to So maybe you just need to pray this week. You know what? God, give me an Faith is dust. Well, this do if you need Jesus to accept you as the Lord and Savior. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're terrified by death because you don't have Christ. To you, it's still this big question mark and big unknown. I hope you see that Jesus overcame that. He overcame it, not just for himself, not just for his buddies, but for you. And maybe you need to choose to serve him as your Lord and Savior. If you're ready to make that commitment, that change to follow him. I want you to let us know, but I want you to come talk to me. It's not just a, a conversion. We're not interested in conversion. God changes you. It's a transformation. It's a whole life.
And we're here as your church, as your church family, who will help you understand how to love and to walk with Christ. Powerful thing. If you need to make that decision, let us know. Uh, and then come talk with me. Maybe there's something else. Maybe the Holy Spirit is in you right now, prompting you to do something else. Maybe call this number. Let me know what it is. Write it down in there. Why do you have to pray for you this week? Maybe you need that. That's one of the things I love to do as your pastor, is to pray for you. I pray for you every week. I just love to do that. But let me know how to pray specifically. What is God calling you to do? Not a support you Or maybe there's just another prayer request. Something else that you would like brought to God. And we love to do that. Not just me. Our pastors, our, our prayer team, our staff, we would pray for you. So let us know how we can pray. And uh, write that down. Now, here in a minute, what I want you to do is take this community connection card. I want you to drop it off in the offering basket. Along with your tithes and gifts. And uh, as you do, make this another offering of yourself to God. Anything that God will do. Alright, well, I hope that you've enjoyed this series. Hope that it's given you hope. I hope that it's given you strength and encouragement to overcome the storms that life can make come. And, uh, and uh, I'm just real excited for next week. I hope that you come and join us as we look at how our faith really is true, how it's real, how it's good, and how we can serve Christ in this community better. Alright, well, with that, let me pray half far off and uh, we'll bring this time to the Heavenly Father, you are God. You are God Almighty. You created life out of nothing. You didn't just create life, but God, you created us. Individuals who you love. Billions of us. And yet you know us by name. More than that. You know the number of our days on this earth. You know the number of hairs on our head. And you know the number of breaths we take. You know our deepest thoughts. You know our deepest fears. You've been there. We've suffered our deepest wounds and you've been there to heal us and to carry us. And you came to save us from this broken world. Thank you for coming. Thank you for putting on flesh. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins so we can live in life with you. God, we do believe that you are the resurrection. You are our hope. Father, I pray that the congregation would help us live in that hope and that goodness and that joy. Give us opportunities, Father, to share our testimony, what you've done in our lives with others, so that they too can have that hope. Thank you for overcoming us, for putting an end to Bring us to life eternal, where we will have bodies to thank God. Tell them.